Hello, hello. Good to see everybody. Good to see everyone in Zoom land, our friends on Zoom and online. Good to see everybody here. Uh, our text, oops, our text uh, comes from Luke 14, 1, 7 to 14. And, you know, I don't know if you, whoa, sorry. There's a little bit of, hello, good, okay. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but in the Gospels, especially in Luke, there's so many passages and stories about meals and feasts. And, you know, our passage fits into that category today. But I I liked what one commentator said. He said, it's like a battle of banquets. You know, it's, it's not just like these innocent feasts or meals, right? They're like this clash of kingdoms, clashes of... You know, these ideas, what is God's kingdom like? You know, and ultimately, what is God like? And our story today uh, really symbolizes that. So in today's story, Jesus is invited to a prominent uh, Pharisee's house and a feast. And, you know, he notices, it's funny, I like how it says, they are carefully watching him, but then I think Jesus at the same time is kind of carefully watching them and noticing that, you know, they're all, the people invited they're sort of jockeying and, and competing for these seats of honor in this place. And, you know, Jesus makes this, this comment. And I think what he really does is expose the Pharisees' understanding of who God is and the Pharisees' understanding of what God's kingdom's like. And if, I, I like this passage because it, it just relates, you know what God's kingdom like? It's like a party. You know what God's like? He's like a host. But then you hear like G- uh, Jesus' version, which is earlier and later in, in the Gospels, but then you also hear the Pharisees' ideas is reflected in the story. And to them, God's party was one where God as a host, he's almost like, you know, has this checklist, and he's got a bunch of people coming in, and he's asking, so where, where are you from? Oh, sorry, you're out. Where are you from? Okay, you're in. Wait, but what, what have you done? You know? Let me see your, sorry, your religious scorecard. Oh, you haven't done enough, so sorry, you're out. Oh, look at you. You've done lots of stuff, and you've even added more stuff that I never asked you to do. So, you know, you get the seat of honor. And it's, it was this idea that, for the Pharisees, that Jesus is really clashing against. It was that, for them, when they approach God, it was like, look at me, God. I deserve to be in this position of honor. I deserve to be loved. Look at my social status. Look at my religious eliteness. You know, look at where I'm from. And, you know, I love this quote by... Oops, sorry. Yeah, no problem. By N.T. Wright, it says, you know, just expressing this idea of pride... Uh, in the Pharisees, was pride uh, notoriously is the great cloud which blots out the sun of God's generosity. If I reckon that I deserve to be favored by God, not only do I declare that I don't need his grace, mercy, and love, but I imply that those who don't deserve it shouldn't have it. And it was, it's this idea that really got to Jesus where it left no room 
at the table or at the party for those who didn't live up, right? And, you know, in some ways, I can kind of relate with that idea where I'm trying to, uh, maybe others can relate. It's like, God, I've done this. Do you love me now? You know, or have I done enough? Sometimes I don't feel like I've done enough. And, oh, maybe God doesn't love me as much today. Or, oh, those people are super, like, spiritual and religious. Oh, I'm sure God loves them more. Or, you know, that kind of idea. And to be honest, it's, uh, it's quite exhausting to try to <laughs> determine your own worthiness before God. It's exhausting. And it's like a bondage, right? Or even, like, good things, like good deeds or, or even achievements, they become, like, this... A bondage like it's like they become rather than just good things that that we do out of overflow of love that we've been given it, it becomes this okay god i've done this so i deserve to be loved now right and the sad part is uh this way of thinking is not just for ourselves but it, it it can project and be the kind of kingdom that we're welcoming people into is it one where like the pharisees thought we're left no room for a lot of people and, you know, Jesus, the good news is that's not the way of the kingdom of God, the true kingdom of God. And Jesus says this awesome thing. He says, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And you get this picture of Jesus' kingdom throughout the Gospels. And it's so funny. It's like the last people, according to the Pharisees, like the sinners, the outsiders, the marginalized, the poor, uh, the lame, who, whoever it is, the sex workers, they're like the last people that would be in the list, right? But to Jesus, at Jesus' feasts and meals, who are the first people? It's those exact people. And it's just like shattering uh, their understanding. And I think it's, it's good news, not just good news, great news uh, for us today that, you know, Jesus embody who, who, who God is. And for Jesus, this party is one where he's the host and it's wide open. You know, it's about grace. It's about gift. That, you know, he's inviting, again, people who in society would be the last. And he's inviting people, everybody in actually, that the only, uh, the only requisite is that we humble ourselves. And this, this idea of humbling yourself, sometimes I used to think, oh, it's thinking yourself worthless, or I'm such a sinner, and, and that's the idea. But I thought about it different this week. I think it's more about positioning ourselves to receive God's love, what actually is. Like, humbling ourselves is, is just saying, God, I need you. I need your mercy, your grace. God, you're the one who gives me life. You're the one who gives me breath. You know, it's just acknowledging what is. And I, I think in doing that, it's also acknowledging that we're already loved. Right? When we come empty-handed, we're already loved. And it positions us to receive that. And again, it, rather than the striving to be loved and accepted by God, it gives us rest. Like, I think Jesus, when he says, come to me, all your weary burden, I think that includes... People trying to work up enough, enoughness, you know? And it's, it's this rest that, listen, I, I loved you before you were born, you know? I loved you to death, like literally to death, that he would give his life for us. And 
You know, that's the beauty of, of the kingdom that God gives, that it's, it's not just one where people have a special claim or right or status. It's one where everyone comes in the same, but we all partake of the same grace. We're going to take communion later, but we all partake of the same body and blood of Jesus. And I think for us today, there's an invitation. Uh, like this passage said, like I said before, like humbleness, I don't think, or being humble is not just God, it's not God wanting to say we're worthless kind of idea. But it's, it puts us in a place where we can receive what he thinks about us, where we can be exalted. Where it's, it's, it's really neat because I think where people would fight to be like at these seats of honor near the host, I think it's really amazing that Jesus is like everybody's seated in the heavenly realms with him. You know, God is near everybody. That he's, I remember hearing a, a one preacher say, God is with us, not only with us, but he's, he's the closest that can be, which is within us. There's no closer place than within us. And we're all seated in this intimacy, having this intimacy with God. And, uh, you know, yesterday I was thinking about on the way home, I went to, I was a part of celebrating uh, Joanna Wade's 25th anniversary and Sonny's 18th birthday. And that was just so cool. Like, I thought it was just a beautiful picture of what God, I feel like God wants to do, do for us or say to us is, like there was a moment, there's a few key highlights. One that really touched me was Wade and Joe as the hosts. They actually toasted everybody. And I, I feel like that's kind of what God wants to do to us. He wants to celebrate us. And when we come before him empty-handed, it's like he wants to toast us. He wants to celebrate us. And when we come into communion, I think that's what he wants to do as well. And there was also an awesome moment where Wade uh, was giving a toast for Sonny and, you know, to, her ki to his kid. And it was just, you know, this beautiful expression of love and I feel like that, like sometimes, you know, as we take communion, I don't know how you approach communion, but I used to be like, it's a very somber time when I was like, I better like repent of all my sins, you know, and I know it's good to examine our hearts and everything, but I think it, it kind of got distorted where I was like, did I do enough or did I confess every single sin that I ever done? Now I can come and partake, but it, that's like totally the opposite. Like if I were to apply that to my kids, inviting them to a meal, they're coming, so happy to eat, <laughs> or just coming to the meal, I'm like, wait a second, what'd you get on your last test? Oh, sorry, you can't eat. Or you screwed up today? Oh, okay. Did you do your chores? Okay, now you can eat. You know, it's, it's, it's so, it sounds so ludicrous, right? But sometimes I find myself thinking this, those thoughts about God, and how much more loving and generous is he, you know, than, than me. So today, um, I just want to give a, a moment. Um, I'm just going to read the come to the table as a way of, ex like, I, I like even this passage, like at the end of the passage, Jesus, first he, you know, he's talking to those invited, but then he talks to those who are the hosts. And I think there is this sense where it's not just about receiving this grace, but now you're, you're invited to host this party with Jesus, to extend the same grace to others. So read this come to the table 
God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Take a moment. Um, picture Jesus hosting a party and you've been invited. Today is the day of the party and you're about to enter and he's at the door welcoming you in. What happens in that scene or interaction? So I'll give you a minute or two just to allow the Holy Spirit to generate you know, what he wants to show you. So Lord, we, we just thank you so much for the beauty of who you are. Thank you that you already love us. Thank you that we're your children, not because of what we do and that we're precious and beloved, not because of what we've done or where we come from. Thank you that your love is incredible for us, that you celebrate us, that you toast us and say, my kids are awesome, that each one of my kids is so awesome. And may that ring clear in our hearts how much you love us at all times. Lord, may we receive this grace. May the grace and the power of that truth generate in our hearts such love and compassion for those around us. May we be transformed. May, may your love just shatter all the conditions we put on your love for ourselves and for others. May it just shatter those things and that we may receive the fullness of your love for each one of us. And may we be transformed by that love and extend that to all those around us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.